Howdy, everyone. Welcome to Kofefi Break on Unsafe Space. Today is Monday, April 20th. Uh, I guess if you're a stoner, that's significant for you. Um, <laughs> my name is Carter Laren, and you're watching Unsafe Space. I'm joined by Carrie. There's Carrie. Hi, Carter. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. Uh, I guess a relaxing weekend. It was good. Um, oh, good. You? I had a very eventful weekend. I, I saw some <laughs> of the eventfulness of your weekend, <laughs> Yeah, uh, which I think we're probably going to talk about a little bit today. Um, don't forget, though, to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you can go to subscribestar.com slash space. You can find us there and on YouTube. If you've been trying to find follow us on BitChute, uh, BitChute has just completely stopped working for us. I've been emailing them back and forth, so we will try and get videos somewhere else, but we might abandon BitChute because they just stopped working completely. Uh, so anyway, you can always go to unsafespace.com and find us wherever we end up. Um, it'll be there. So, uh, Carrie, tell me about your weekend. Yeah. Well, um, I went to another of the protests, the, the anti-government lockdown protests here in Austin at the state Capitol. And, um, and then I also saw, I, we have some uh, viewers and some people who actually Maria who's in chat Maria went to one in Washington State and I know Nicole of the Mountain People uh, went to one in Colorado and I think here's so here's my take on it and if you guys watched the live stream thank you for being patient I'm figuring out how to live stream from live events and um I'm I'm uh, I'm going to get better at it but uh, you may have already heard me say some of this but I think the Texas one suffered in ways that the um, the Washington State one and the Colorado one did not, in that the Texas one uh, was just bad. I think it was bad messaging and bad optics all around. And um, if I were to give some advice to people who are going out to these protests, it would be, based on being at the Texas one, it would be um, to make sure that your messaging is focused you know, you're all out there presumably because you you may disagree on politics and political candidates and parties and all manner of things, but you're out there with one message. And that united message is that we are against these government lockdowns. And maybe you're a person who supported them to an extent and now you're against them and you think it's become excessive. Whatever the reason we're against, we can come together on the fact that we're out there presumably because we disagree with the government lockdowns today and we want them to end that should be easy for anybody who's viewing photos or video to to take away from the event and instead i think it makes it hard for people to figure out why you're out there when you have mixed messaging and so um as the austin one for example there were um it, there were lots of people in trump gear and i actually saw a guy in the texas against the, the Facebook group I'm in that's called Texans Against Over-Excessive Quarantine, uh, there was a guy who posted, who said, you know, I was there and I'm not a Democrat or a liberal or a Republican. Um, and I was really put off by all the Trump stuff. It felt like a Trump rally. And, you know, if I had known it was going to be that, I would have, you know, God bless you, go ahead and have your Trump rally, but I wouldn't have been there. And so I think, I think um, putting, putting Trump on everything or any candidate, any candidate on everything it sends mixed messages. It's just as bad as when on the left they hold the supposed 
science march, march for science, and it's all anti-Trump. Like you're making it about a person and a party and you're excluding people when you do that. And you also, you set the media up to misrepresent what the messaging is. You set them up, you give them the gun to shoot you with because then they're, they're like, oh, this is just Trump rally. And so, and, and it's fully within your right to wear whatever you want. I'm just saying as some advice, even if you're a pro-Trump person, I would keep those things separate. When you go to a Trump rally, wear the Trump stuff. But when you go to something like this, look, it it is a benefit to us. It is a strong point that we're not, it's not a Trump thing. It's not a right or blue thing, a right or left thing or red or blue thing. It's, we are united in one message and you don't have to be on the right or left to agree with that message. So why not present that face, you know? And so the Trump stuff I thought was bad messaging. And then on top of that, we had um, a lot of the nut jobs came out. Like we had people taking the microphone and just ranting about whatever pet cause they had. There were um, pro-life people there with huge blown up, like the big photos of aborted fetuses. There were a bunch of anti-vaccine people with all this kind of, they, th- there was a, a, somebody in my group said, or in the Facebook group of men said, it looked like there were lots of different groups there. And that's true. They were like the anti-vaxxers all had their anti-vaccine posters. And you're just, you're just diluting the message and you're making it easy for them to write this off. And so, um, I, I think, I think it's going to turn people off from coming out. And I think it's going to give the media the ammunition they need to, uh, try and malign this and try and and declare because I've already seen the left saying, oh, this is this is just a bunch of right wing nut jobs and why 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 play into their hands you know, so that was my takeaway from the Austin one, but I heard the Washington State one was very different. Maria said it was full of normal rational people, um, and I heard the Colorado one was different and the Michigan one of course which happened before was different so. Yeah, Carlin says, so you're saying the right has crazy people just like the left has crazy people. Yes. And I've actually, because I was an SJW for so long, oh man, I've been to some protests. I've been to a lot of protests on the left as a person on the left. And we have our nut jobs. But guess what? The media doesn't focus on them. They're not going to put those people at the forefront. And so... And so why are we why are we allowing them to do that at a protest like this? And this isn't even a right wing protest. It's not a right wing thing. It's a very liberal idea that the government shouldn't be shutting down private businesses. So why let them say this is a right wing left wing thing? That's my that's my advice. Uh, very well said. <laughs> okay. uh, much to add. That's very well said. Uh, oh, and also the, the only Alex nit Jones. I will say is uh, yeah. I don't know that I would call not shutting down businesses a liberal thing. Maybe a classical liberal thing, but certainly not a modern liberal thing. But yeah, uh, they're doing themselves a disservice. Uh, did you see yeah. the Vox article about these protests? No. Are you going to read it? What I, is it? I, I can. I can pull it up. Hold on here. Um, oh, gosh. I can only imagine. Well, so <laughs> first of all, someone in chat mentioned uh, they would they would smear these protests anyway as right-wing crazies. That's true, but you don't want to like make their job super easy. Can you make them yeah. work for it a little bit? Uh, so make them work for it. Don't give them the gun to shoot you with. Yeah. So here's here's the Vox uh, article. What the anti-stay-at-home protests are really about. Now I'm not gonna. I don't. I don't want to read this entire article, but I, I will read a few parts of it and just give you a, an overview. 
the basic the basic idea here is that they dismiss this they dismiss the idea that there could be any principles whatsoever at play. Um, there's no nuance for them. It's all about Trump versus non-Trump. That's the entire universe of this writer's brain. It's like either Trump or not Trump. And so so this is Trump. That's what these rallies mean, Trump. Um, and it's all about Trump getting reelected. So look at how they even start this article. Uh, I'll read just the, the first sentence here. Anti-social distancing and anti-stay-at-home order rallies are cropping up across the country reminiscent of the early days of the Tea Party when well-funded right-leaning groups lit a fire under an already outraged Republican base and helped ignite a political movement. Now, I don't. I, this is mischaracterizing for a couple reasons. There may be some people that are protesting social distancing, but not really. These are anti-stay-at-home order rallies, rallies not anti-social distancing rallies, rallies. These people are not saying we shouldn't social distance voluntarily. They're saying you shouldn't tell us what to do and that we can't buy seeds at the store. So they've mischaracterized it from the beginning, but notice how they then immediately tie it to the Tea Party. It's reminiscent of the Tea Party. So that language actually means nothing, right? Reminiscent, like I could be like, this is reminiscent of concentration camps under Hitler. Uh, that just means it reminds me of, that's what that means. So it reminds the writer of the Tea Party. Of course it does, because the writer is on the left. When well-funded right-leaning groups lit a fire under already outraged Republican base. So they're implying here that these anti-stay-at-home order protests are not authentic. They're not grassroots, but they are rather well-funded outrage uh so well-funded, organized outrage, like weaponized outrage, right? So this is kind of how they're gonna. This is gonna how how they're gonna present it. And so then, he, then they the, the article goes on to talk about how uh, this is all just a plan for Trump to get reelected by blaming the governors for the government's inaction and failure. So the, the idea that the federal government and Trump have utterly failed is not questioned here. It's just assumed that that's that's what it is. Um, and then one of the things that's, so they go on to pick, kind of play this, they, they go on to play this game of this is all pro-Trump stuff. And of course, the people that you're talking about, Carrie, who are, who have flags like this that they bring, don't make it any easier for the rest of us. Like they certainly make it easy for Vox to claim that this is just a Trump rally. Um, and then let me read. Uh, let me read one other part that I think is important because what they do is they're arguing that they, they conflate two things. They conflate this idea that a desire to social distance is the same as a desire to be told what to do in a particular way. So let me find... Wait, as you're looking for that, that's yep. something that we've talked about before and anyone who's been paying attention, that's what they love. They love doing that. And and when they tr when you try to argue with someone against the government forcing people out of work and forcing people to stay at home with no paycheck, you will find a lot of times that person will then try to conflate that with voluntary social distancing and say that you're against voluntary social distancing, which 
I'm not. And hey, you had you had a great analogy on that. If you're having trouble understanding the difference between something that's voluntary and something that's by force, then uh, here's a good analogy. Car- Carter, you're the one that told me this. And I was like, that's a great analogy is sex versus rape. <laughs> right. Right. Saying I don't want to get raped does not mean I don't want sex. Those are two right. different things. <laughs> like, those, are, those are two different things. But the left loves to conflate those two things. So um, metaphorically. So let's just so they did this at the very beginning that first sentence i read right where they they lumped in anti-social distancing and anti-stay-at-home orders as if the rallies were about both which largely they're not there i'm sure there are some freaks who are like we shouldn't social distance at all um but let's just read this section here there's no silent majority but these protesters aren't reflective of public opinion so let's far from it so let's just let's just pause here for a moment. What they what they're going to want to do is they're going to want to paint these people, anyone who's against government imposed shelter in place orders, they're going to want to paint these people as different from normal people. Crazy, they're very outside of mainstream. They have nothing to do with public opinion, okay? So then here's here's their supporting evidence for this. The vast majority of Americans are continuing to support social distancing policies and are more worried about stay-at-home restrictions being lifted too soon. As conservative writer Matthew Contenetti wrote, Americans are not avoiding, avoiding unnecessary physical proximity to people outside their household for the fun of it, nor have they radically altered their daily routines because Gretchen Whitmer said so. They have seen the rate at which the coronavirus spreads, They have read or watched the virus kill young and old, black and white, rich and poor. They do not need Hobbes to remind them of their fear of violent death. It was not media-induced panic, but common sense that modified American behavior. This public is split on whether to trust the media. It is united in its embrace of social distancing. So Vox is using this as an argument that says these protesters are wacky and crazy. And here's the problem with this as, um, as supporting evidence for this. What is being protested, largely, is not social distancing. It's being told to social distance, being forced to social distance, especially in some of these places like Michigan where you're being told that you can't buy seeds, although I think that's actually changed now. Um, it's, there's, it's this difference between being forced to do something and supporting the idea of it. And so... Actually, I view this citation that Americans are supporting this idea of social distancing, and they, they link to an article where Americans are, are wanting to social distance and saying they're, they're social distancing voluntarily. This actually supports the idea of people who want freedom. I want the freedom to social distance, and I want the freedom to not social distance. I want ownership of, my, uh, of the ability to determine where I am. I want to be able to go outside if I want, not go outside if I don't want, hang out with people if I want to, don't hang out with people if I don't want to. That's what's being protested. And there's no nuance here either. They're using a national survey, right? And knowing Vox, it's probably centered in New York and whatever, right? They're using a national survey to talk about these protests, which are largely extremely regional. Like this protest in Michigan was about specific problems happening in Michigan with respect to how that governor has... um, issued their shelter-in-place orders. But instead, what they're doing is saying, see, these people are crazy. They're unlike everyone else. Everyone agrees we should social distance. These people are crazy for not wanting social distancing. That's not what these people are about. Um, and equating those two things is is incorrect logically. It's a, it's a fallacy, but it's being used to push this Vox agenda, which is, hey, 
this is about Trump versus non-Trump. You can ignore these rallies because they're just Trump people. They're all about Trump. This is all about getting Trump reelected um, and ignoring the rallies. So I just yeah, want to let somebody, you see that article. Somebody, Andrew Thompson in chat said, um, they did that with the Michigan rally too, even though there wasn't a lot of Trump stuff. They even showed a Nazi flag holder from an Iowa Bernie rally. <laughs> um, of course they, of course yeah, they did. And again, that's our point. They want to, they're telling you how they want to write this off and how they want to be able to um, attack this and, and smear it. So why make it easy? That's all. Like, if I were one of the organizers of the next rally in Austin, I would say, here are some guidelines. Like, you don't have to follow these. We're all about freedom. You can do whatever you want. But just remember, if you want to give a good united message, like, think about what that message is. This is just basic branding and messaging. And get focused on it. And don't don't give the media the smoke, the gun to be like, boom, Trump rally. That's all this is. Or, yep. you know, nut jobs against uh, whatever. Or, or oh, just as pro-life. Look, the pro-life people are out. Like, again, I'm fully in support of go have a pro-life march. Go do a pro-life event. But you're confusing messaging when you bring it into this. Like, stay on point. That's, that's my... That right. would be my suggestion. And also the people in um, Austin, there was a healthy mix of people wearing, there were people wearing masks, like maybe half, and then half were not. And um, that's totally your choice. But again, they're going to focus on the people who are sharing microphones and not social distancing and not wearing masks. And so, you know, I, I, I'm one of those who, look, I don't, I wore a mask because because of messaging. It, not so much because I was worried about people breathing on me or anything. That's just me personally. Um, I didn't plan to get all up in people's faces anyway. Um, but I wore it because it's like, I'm on camera here at this thing. Like, I'm going to be showing that I voluntarily have chosen to put this mask on for the safety of those that I am talking to. Or, you know, so I, I just, I don't think people, they're not thinking about the big picture, at least here. I'm glad to hear that the the protests in some of the other cities were better on, and were on target on message. Also, we had Alex Jones. Alex Jones is based here in Austin, <laughs> and anybody who was watching, it, it, Alex Jones shows up in something. I don't know what do you even call it. Some kind of Hummer. It looks like a tank. He's on top of it, like with a megaphone talking. So it's Being all Alex entertainment. <laughs> Yeah, he's being Alex Jones. He gets out of the tank or whatever it is and, and joins the protest and says some things in the in the megaphone and then he um and then he takes a, a long circuitous route back to his tank and part of the group breaks off and follows him and it becomes the Alex Jones parade. And there's this one crazy guy who was at the other protest who has his own megaphone, brings his own megaphone so he can talk whenever he wants to. And he also has a, like a horn that he blows. And that guy is like following him and talking like, you know, I moved here to Austin three years ago. I should have moved 10 years ago when I got the message from above. And, you know, he's just like, it, it's just, it's just a circus. Um, but I wanted, you know, we were there and, uh, I wanted to see what was happening. And so I felt like I should show what's happening. And, uh, my fellow is with me and he was shooting footage and he was like doing ninja moves to stick. Cause he's very, um, and good for him, very concerned about, um, social distancing and keeping, staying safe and keeping others safe. And so, you know, he had his mask and everything and he was, he managed to stay in front of Alex's little parade. Like he got really good footage of the craziness that was going on and like also stay 
far ahead of him. It was funny. He almost fell down a hill trying to get that footage. <laughs> well, uh, but, uh, much appreciated, uh, by the way. I'm glad <laughs> I'm glad that he did that. And we're going to have Kerry do some more uh, <laughs> out and about live reporting stuff. So uh, stay tuned for that. One of the reasons I, w- I, was, I thought that Michigan had maybe changed some things is because one of our viewers sent us this. And I was like, oh, this is good. Here's a sign that said, food, plants, and agriculture are essential to critical infrastructure as per Department of Homeland Security. Uh, the fact that this such a sign needs to exist uh, turns my stomach. But I assumed that this was, this was a sign that things were better, although Andrew Thompson in chat says it hasn't changed. Uh, it was written to pu- punish large sellers like Walmart, uh, but it also hit, hurts nurseries who have large square footage. So I'm not sure if there's been much of a change. But there has been, Maria, you're talking about a better, better protest, Carrie? Maria sent me a picture yeah. that I love from because she went to she went to the protest. Yeah, she sent me a good one too. Yeah, here's the one she sent me, which is for those of you listening, this is a black woman holding an American flag, smiling and holding up a sign that says, "Master Inslee, can I go to work now?" <laughs> I just that's the governor, right? Yeah, Inslee. that's that's Jay Inslee's the governor. So yeah. Uh, that's the that's the country we're in now. That's that's where we yeah. are. You don't have freedom to decide for yourself. You are you're a little live piece of livestock. Well, you gotta wait for the farmer to tell you where to go, what pasture you're allowed to go graze. I wanna talk a little bit more about my exciting weekend, but since we're on this subject about what we're allowed to do and what we're not, I just saw this this morning. Can you pull up the graphic I sent you from on Signal? Uh, let's um, see. So Uh, As you're pulling it up. So we've been talking about this for a while and people who've been watching the censorship from the big, uh, big media companies like Facebook, Twitter, Google, they're aware of this, but a lot of normie normies are not aware of it. They've, they've been creeping further and further towards China style censorship for the past five years, at least, and really ramped it up in the past. We really ramped it up since Trump was elected. You know, we've uh, covered before on unsafe space. They have, internal lists that some of them have leaked they have lists on people whose posts they they de-throttle i think was the word they used um they try to bury their posts in the algorithm mike cernovich was on one of those lists they have other lists they um there was a list that leaked candace owens was on it it was a list of high profile wrong thinkers essentially that they're trying to permaban and they're trying to find any reason they can and she was on that list it was like people they're targeting to try and get rid of um, they try and censor. And we've also seen what they've done in other countries. Like in China, Facebook, this was in 2016, Facebook developed a tool to help censor in to work with China's communist government to censor posts. They've also worked with governments that don't have First Amendment right protections. Like in the UK, Facebook has worked with the then worked with the government and authorities to go and help arrest people who post things like misgendering people or anything that's considered wrong think. So they're perfectly willing to be a tool of authoritarianism. And now they've ramped it up here. Um, yeah, they look, just I, admitted. I, I can show you. You want me to show this picture? Yeah. I, before I do, I just want to point out something for people who don't realize this. Oh. Every government except for the United States doesn't have a First Amendment. Only the U.S. has codified freedom of speech. Only the U.S. out of every country in the world. None of those Western cultures you think are equivalent or neat or similar. No one has the right to free speech enshrined in their constitution. No one. Um, it's one of the things that makes America unique, and we shouldn't forget it. So 
Here's what Carrie's showing. Go ahead. You want to read it, Carrie? So, yeah, uh, this is a post from Donnie O'Sullivan. He says, Facebook has Facebook says it has removed promotion of anti-quarantine events in California, New Jersey, and Nebraska after consultation with state governments. And then he had a follow-up tweet that said, uh, Facebook says that they're looking into um, Ohio, Nebraska, and I'm forgetting what the third state was, Wisconsin, maybe they're looking into these other states to try and also pull the events, pull these protests. Oh, you didn't get my little song though. It's beginning to look a lot like China. (laughs) Everywhere you go. (laughs) Yeah. It's beginning to look a lot like China. (sighs) Well, I mean, yeah, this is, so think about what just happened though. I mean, we, we kind of, you just read that, right? But let's, let's think about this. There's a government policy. Some people don't like it. They are exercising their right to assemble and protest against that government policy. And Facebook has taken the side of the state and depromoted or banned or at least made it hard to find uh, information about that rally. That's that's a that's kind of like fascism. That that's a private company in bed with the government doing what the government wants to make sure that people who disagree with the government don't have voices. If that's not chilling, I, I don't know what is. It's it's I don't know. I find it this is this is the reason why all the censorship is so alarming to me back when it was mostly being done to censor anyone who spoke against SJW ideology, it's like, of course, like it lays the groundwork for further censorship. What are you guys celebrating? Um, A a quick note about that too. This uh, friend, so-called friend I mentioned in our last podcast, who's not a friend anymore, um, but someone who this crisis has really revealed the true character of people to me and hopefully to some of you. Um, And he's someone who just took a full-on turn towards statism and authoritarianism during this. Um, But he's always been really uh, arrogant and and not critical in a positive way, critical in a negative way, like a little hyena snapping at my heels anytime I criticize SJW ideology. He's always been that way. And so anyway, he misinterpreted, like, he's always called, he's always called my my passion, my compulsion in speaking out against my old ideology, against SJW ideology. He's always called it my crusade, like trying to mock it, which, okay, I don't care if it is a crusade, fine. It's, it's important to me. Um, so he said, he said something recently, Carter, he said, Oh, I see you're, you have a new crusade now. And I'm like, no, that proves to me, you never understood it in the first place first place. This is the same crusade. Go back and watch the Carter's introductory video to unsafe space. It, if you, it, it proves to me your lack of understanding. The reason I oppose SJW ideology is the same reason I oppose government lockdowns and government closures of small businesses. I'm opposed to authoritarianism. I'm opposed to totalitarianism. So if, if you don't understand that, then that's a misunderstanding of what I was e- what I've even been talking about for the past two years. <laughs> Does that make sense to you, Carter? I was like, really? That's you. You're he's ignorant, or he's he 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 had he has some kind of misunderstanding of what it is that I'm against. 
Well, very few people, I think, uh, along the lines of principles at all. And most people are extremely partisan. And so all they do is like, you're on the other side, therefore, blah, 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 blah. Like they don't, there's no principled thought. I mean, someone in chat earlier said, whatever happened to my body, my choice. Like, look, I mean, I know that you leftists thought that you believed that, but you never did. None of you ever believed my body, my choice. You only believed it with respect to abortion. You've never believed it with respect to almost anything else. Only, like, only freedom lovers have thought that about things generally. Like, my body, my choice has never been true on the left, ever, except for, for abortion. There's not except principles. For- uh, there's not principles. Um, by the way, speaking of principles, Naomi asks, isn't Facebook allowed to censor as a private company? Yeah, so, I mean, I think we have a lot of new viewers who haven't heard this, um, haven't heard our position on this probably in a while, Carrie. Uh, and yeah. I don't, I don't think Carrie disagrees with me on this. So, but if you do, please speak up. Um, I don't. Yeah. I, so, yes, we do believe that private companies are allowed to censor and and do what they want. Um, likewise, we're we're allowed to criticize them for the role that they're playing in destroying society and censoring things they shouldn't. And if they're continuing to side with an authoritarian government, uh, that deserves criticism. The the other nuance and caveat that I'll say there is. Um, we are not in a complete free market either. So the more regulation that you're subject to and uh, the tighter you are, so the more regulation you're subject to, actually the, the tighter you are with government. So if you're a big company like Facebook and you're um, actually asking for regulation, which Zuckerberg has been doing, um, you're, you're actually enshrining your position in the, in the market. That's not a free market. There's not free market behavior. And so we don't really have a complete free market. And so a lot of these large companies, look at Amazon. I mean, they have a $600 billion contract with the CIA. A lot of these large companies are not uh, divorced entirely from the government. And so the issue of what a free market would allow and what a, what a, a company should be allowed to do um, as a private entity does start to get murky when that company is uh, when part of the success of that company is dependent on the relationship with the state. And so that does start to get to be a messy, messy issue. It's not as clear-cut. However, even a completely clear-cut universe in which Facebook was uh, completely separate and got nothing out of any government relations and was a uh, you know, completely separate entity, uh, we would still criticize them for censoring things politically, um, but we would withhold, we, we uphold their right to, to do that. Yeah, I think this is a a common um, like a, a inability to understand uh, that comes from the left primarily. Although maybe it's on the right, and I just don't know because I'm again I don't live on the right, despite what people want to say. Uh, but on the left, there is I can say from experience, there's a definite feeling of legality equals morality, which it doesn't. And so I will have friends on the left who will say. Um, well, it's, it's not government, it's not censorship by the government, it's not, it's not the, uh, the illegal kinds of censorship, so, and I'm like, yeah, but it's still wrong, it's still censorship, I'm against both kinds of censorship, okay, like, I'm not, it's, it's not like, uh, because I think this kind should be legal, I still think it's unethical and immoral and very dangerous, um, and that's to speak nothing of the loopholes like you're talking about. And like Stephen Landau said in chat, you know, there's also the loophole in which they're technically not allowed to censor if they are truly a platform and not a publisher. But they are censoring like a publisher. 
and and they shouldn't be i don't think they should be allowed to do that right well but so even that, if, that's one of the yeah that's one, that's of, one of the, the nuances that like just to be clear in order for them to exist they need they they can't be a publisher because if they're a publisher they become liable for everything anyone says on facebook right so uh then you can sue them for defamation of character and like that gets to be a mess so they couldn't practically exist without some uh without some carve out saying like hey we're just a neutral platform we don't have an opinion we don't we don't actually um editorialize at all we only just let other people publish but again as steven's pointing out as soon as you do this kind of stuff where it's like well we censor things that we don't like well well now you're a publisher. now you're an editor <laughs> yeah yeah an editor like uh daniel taylor says here's a good analogy for people who are having trouble grasping what a platform is versus a publisher he goes imagine that sprint decided imagine that sprint was monitoring your calls and deliberately started derailing and disconnecting calls that involved organizing a protest or calls they didn't like or things you were saying they didn't like then they're acting as an editor right and that's not (laughs) that's not a far-fetched example because the the act that sub that facebook is uh citing that allows them to be a uh, immune from criticism is the same act that uh, Sprint is citing like it's the same regulation. So Sprint says like, "Hey, we're not liable if terrorists use our phone networks to organize a bomb plot." And the government says, "That's fine, as long as you don't get involved in listening to phone calls and shutting them down and giving preferential treatment to people. Then, then you're a platform, Sprint. That's fine." It's, Facebook is using the same the same law. It's the same law. So yeah. Um, but by the way. Uh, Dr. K, I don't know if it was Dr. K. Someone was asking, "What is a, what's the male version of a quarantine Karen?" And I'm the hill that I'm going to die on is the male version of a quarantine Karen is Karen. Is Karen? Yes. Okay. Here's this is something good we can talk about. So there's somebody linked a couple people linked me to uh, this argument going around on Twitter now. Maybe I don't know. Some somebody was posting that um, that that we have to stop using the word Karen because it's a, it's a sexist and racist pejorative. Um, and, and, and so here's my thought about that. First of all, Karen, this is one of those words that we've been able to watch evolve. We've watched the usage evolve in real time. Karen as a meme started Yes, as a sexist and racist pejorative, which, by the way, I still think it's your right to use whatever you want. I, st- I think you should be able to use any sexist and racist pejorative. I don't even pejorative. know how it started. I, it, was a, it was a sexist, it, racist yeah, pejorative? Yeah, and, I, and, I, and so that that point is clear, though, like you should be able, just like what we're saying, private companies should be able to censor. But I can also say it's immoral and ethical when they do. Similarly, I believe anyone should be able to use whatever word they want that's a pejorative but i can also say i think it's wrong and gross when they do and i can say i think it's racist or sexist when they do karen evolved much like becky they use it (laughs) the sjw's use it to to mean white woman okay and yeah and so it originally evolved uh, back when the media was cherry picking these stories and trying to make it seem like there's some uh, uh, you know, uh, an epidemic of white women calling the police on people. Remember that woman who called the police on the people who were trying to have a barbecue? It yeah. came from that. Was that way? Is she yeah. the original Karen? I don't know if she was the original Karen, but sh- she's the one I think of when I think of how they used that, how they used to use that meme. 
And so now Karen has evolved during this crisis. We can see the usage has changed and it's it's becoming anyone who calls and reports their neighbor and reports someone for not social or reports a business or whatever. It's become another it's become a word now just for snitch. And I don't I use it for men and women and it doesn't matter what race you are. It's just it's just a gross authoritarian little snitch who wants to turn in their neighbors. Like, so, so for me, um, when I use it now and call someone a quarantine Karen, it has nothing to do with their race or their sex. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, I think Karen is appropriate for whatever <laughs> gender you want to present. If you're presenting yeah. snitch gender, then you're a Karen. Some of the worst <laughs> quarantine Karens I've seen have been men online. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, can I say something? Po- can I can I change topics? Just or do you have something else you want to say? Can I say something positive that happened this weekend? No one's gonna blame me for saying anything positive. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I meant to go. I was trying to go to this cowboy church that I've been wanting to go to anyway and try out since before the crisis. I meant to go on Easter Sunday, but uh, time blindness, Carter. I got the times wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I really did, like, I got there late, but also I thought it started an hour later, so I got there, like, at an hour and 15 minutes late. <laughs> but, uh, so I, w- I was able to go, I got the time right this past Sunday, and uh, I went to Cowboy Church, and it was so, it was just what my heart needed. It was so um, fulfilling. Like, it was, uh, they're having drive-in church right now, like a lot of churches are, and so they weren't meeting in their regular building. They have a ranch. It meets on a ranch. It's a lot of cowboys. Um, so as you drive in, it's just mostly pickup trucks. I'm like, oh, I'm at home here. Cool. It's like mostly trucks. And there must have been, I'm, again, bad with numbers like I have a time, I, it pro- maybe 200 or 300 vehicles. And a lot of them were turned around and people were and families were in the uh, beds of their pickups, like at a drive-in and people also people were in the, in the cabs of their truck, just staying in the cabs of their truck. And as you drive in, they have all these cowboys with like masks on giving you um, literature or whatever, if you need it. And um, the preacher, uh, they had, first of all, they had great music. I like churches that have good music. I don't, I don't go in for, I don't like the, the new, like the, like the, the cool youth pastor and the contemporary music kind of stuff very much that nobody knows the words to the songs because they just made the songs up and he's got I don't his really little go. guitar playing and like he plays yeah. happy sack with the teen group afterwards yeah yeah i don't really go in for that i like <laughs> the old hymns that everybody knows like that's just me and so they were doing old hymns and they had a they had a band and normally they said normally in their regular building they have a full band like upright bass I'm sure and everything but this they had a fiddle player here they they were limited they were just three of them on stage the preacher playing guitar another guy on guitar and then they had a fiddle and they were doing the old hymns and they had a great sound system and and um, everybody uh, the, and then the preacher got up on his horse and gave the whole sermon on horseback <laughs> And was like riding around. It was awesome. And every time where normally where people would hoot and holler or say amen, everybody would beep their horns like. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was super cool. And it was just a very plain spoken biblical message. I just I liked it. I, I really I felt like, OK, I'm definitely going back. They, they're doing at least one more 
like that, like a drive-in one where people stay in their cars and then they'll see what they're going to do after that. But I'm like, okay, I found a new church. I'm going to try out because I've been trying out new ones and stuff. And anyway, I liked it. If you if you got a cowboy church near you, Google and see if you have a cowboy church near you. Go to the cowboy church. It's different. Anyway. <sighs> well, while you were busy going to cowboy church this weekend, um, I was stuck. My <laughs> my wife and daughter wanted to watch that. What was it? The the Global Citizen and WHO Benefit concert? Wait, what? Did you see this thing? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I guess, I don't know. I don't know how they even found out about it. Damn it. Um, <laughs> they read on their own. Uh, so do you remember, do you remember during the 80s, there was the like, we are the world, we are the children AIDS benefit thing? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I guess this was their, they thought the modern version, although... I mean, you can't outdo the bands that were in the original. Uh, but uh, this was the modern version, and it was called a a like a virtual benefit. It was called One World Together at Home. Okay. <laughs> and it was sponsored by <laughs> Global Citizen and WHO. It was like our, our benefit for Global Citizen and WHO. I wasn't sponsored by it. It was a, a benefit for them. And uh, I think Lady Gaga put it together, and they had like you know, music, they would basically musicians from their iPhones, um, playing in their house. Uh, I don't know. It was like hours long. You didn't see this at all. No, I, uh, I did see a, a funny Babylon B or some satirical site did a headline saying Axl Rose arrived or some arrives five hours late for live stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There was like, uh, um, I think the Rolling Stones, I think it was the Rolling Stones that played it. Like the drummer didn't even have drums. He was just playing like air drums on some equipment near him. But like there was clearly a soundtrack that was being synced because you can't play synchronized instruments on the Internet. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I, I there's something there's a reason I want to bring this up uh, other than to just say this happened, which is weird enough. Um, so I was annoyed, right? Because I don't even... I'm like the house curmudgeon. I don't like any of this old, I don't like any of this new music crap. Like, uh, I, I just don't, I don't like any of it. I think it's mostly crap. I stopped liking music in, basically in the 90s when, uh, <laughs> when grunge happened, basically I stopped liking music. Unless it was like some kind of, the only newer stuff I like is a little bit of electronic stuff once in a while. But um, anyway, this is like in the background and I can hear this going on and I can hear it's interrupted once in a while by like these messages from like Bill de Blasio and like politicians, oh, other no. politicians around the globe. And so like, I, I'm like, there's like this thing eating inside me. Like, oh, I, I, I got to not say anything cause they want to watch this, but like, it's really bothering me. Um, so I'm like letting it fester. So I just, <laughs> I decided I would make it a teachable moment, um, for my daughter. <laughs> cause you know, go ahead. No, I'm just laughing at that. Go ahead. Well, so I figured, <laughs> look, here's the thing. If you say to her, she's almost 11 now, right? If I say, you can't watch this, what's she going to want to do, right? Watch it. it. It's she's going to exactly want to watch it. It's going to be taboo. Suddenly, she's going to be worried about what Billie Eilish is doing in her life. Like, she's going to care, right? Um, so I couldn't really, I didn't really want to go in and do that. Um, and I also realized, like, I listen to music and stuff that I with the messages I disagree with. But the difference is, um, 
it's 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 most damaging when it's subconscious. But if you're consciously aware of what's going on, uh, it loses a lot of power. So I, I just walked in. I we paused it momentarily, and and we just like, and I didn't like plan for this. I didn't know what would be on the screen. We just paused it. And we're like, okay, let's just look at what's going on. And so uh, again, it was. The global global citizen and WHO were the logos on on the screen, and I said. So we we had a conversation. Let's just consider. I don't even know what global citizen is. I, I now I do, but because I, I looked it up. It sounds nefarious, but yeah. Okay. Let's just consider the name. What does global citizen mean? Well, it imply and like we we like talked about all this stuff. Well, and she she kind of deduced this on her own. Like, well, I like it. Like you're like it's one government. I'm like. Yeah, right. Like it makes it sound like we're kind of all together in this one government. But like, and so we talked about how the United States is unique historically from other governments, and they're not actually equivalent. And the ideas of one government are very different from the ideas of another government. Why would anyone want to act like we're all like we should all have one kind of ruler class together? And we talked about um, what people they were they had on the show and. I, I, you know, because they had De Blasio. We, I think we paused it during De Blasio or something, right? <laughs> I was like, do you think that they would have Trump come on here and give a message if he was willing to be on this show? She was like, no. Um, so we talked about um, transfer propaganda, like celebrities talking about something and making you like that, that, uh, that kind of endorsement makes you want to do stuff. Um, we talked about how they're raising money for the WHO. Well, why is, the, why is that problematic? Well, why are they doing that? Because Trump just defunded the WHO. Why did he defund the WHO? Well, um, what are what are the connections between the WHO and China? And like, um, did you know that Taiwan's not allowed to be in the WHO at all? <laughs> Why? Uh, right. And so you, you talk about you talk about that a little bit. Like, what what are and and you know, of course, because of De Blasio, we did talk about his background and what they were doing in New York and like how they encouraged all of the problems that uh, led to the the outbreak in. Uh, in New York of coronavirus, they they encourage going to China Chinese New Year. I'll get Chinese. Like they they called it all uh, a hoax. Basically, they called the coronavirus scare a hoax. Right now he's on this show. Um, we talked about how they have like government officials. This is interesting because you can also talk about how they chose who they chose to highlight. So they they highlight the front the frontline workers, which is nice. I'm not saying we shouldn't do that. So part of the message was like, hey. Um, there's all these people on the front line uh, helping us. That's great. But then, but then they had government officials on there. But who didn't they have on there? Well, they didn't have any business leaders who were doing anything. Like lots of businesses have done a lot to to move this forward. They've developed tests. They've developed um, potential uh, um, drugs or tested drugs that could potentially be used. Um, They're making masks. Right, making masks. There's a lot of people doing, a lot of businesses doing a lot of things, but those business owners were never involved. They didn't invite Elon Musk to come on to talk about, like, I don't think he's actually done anything, but uh, he's the name that popped into my head just now. They, they didn't they ask him to come on and talk about ventilators, right? right? They didn't um, bring on the MyPillow guy, I'm guessing. Right. They none of that. It was all government officials. Um, so that's that's another interesting thing. So they they... In their mind, there's two classes of people that matter, like the front lines, people and government officials and no one in between. That was that was interesting. The overall message was about trusting your leaders and sacrificing when they ask you to sacrifice. We've got to do these things because the leaders say, WHO says. Um, and a really, really 
uh, common reoccurring message was they used this language over and over again. Uh, I, I noticed it with Don Cheadle, but like everyone was using this language. Um, we need. How do we prevent? Cheadle literally said something like, uh, "This is an opportunity to make sure something like this never happens again." That's a lie. It is not an opportunity to do that. There is no way to prevent something like this from happening again. Like viruses, <laughs> viruses happen. There's no like, you can't prevent natural disasters like this. Um, and if you really wanted to talk about an opportunity to prevent this from happening again, you would really research the origins of the virus and like, hmm, what was happening that maybe made this virus? But that's not who he was talking about. His answer was- And, and like, wait, before you move on, he also probably wasn't talking about when he said, we need to make sure this never happens again. He's not talking about tyranny and government lockdown. No, 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 not at all. He's talking about the virus, right? Got it. Um, Got it. <laughs> talking about the virus. It's, it's not a pro the lockdown's not a problem. He's talking about the virus. Didn't mention anything. I mean, I, at the behest of some people, I watched the Epic Times documentary on the Wuhan lab. <laughs> some things worth investigating there, to say the least, if you're worried about uh, where this might have come from. Didn't talk about any about that. How do you prevent it from happening, Kerry? Well, this is the, the, the phrase that everyone was using, including him, by strengthening our healthcare system. Now, what do they mean by that? They mean universal healthcare. What they mean is government control of healthcare, but they don't want to say that outright. So they all were on message about more money, strengthening our healthcare system, strengthening our healthcare system, strengthening our healthcare system. Um, the implication is that uh, only this kind of unified, our big unified healthcare system, presumably a world healthcare system, uh, could, could stop a pandemic like this. Um, and they were pushing this uh, act.me website, which I looked up. Um, this is just, oh, so yeah, let me, a couple things. One, here is Global Citizen website. I had never heard of them. Uh, <laughs> okay, what are they? What is Global Citizen? Um, well, their goal is to end extreme poverty by 2030. That doesn't sound like a bad goal. That sounds like a noble enough goal. Now, if you were serious about that goal, what would you recognize as the number one way to end poverty? Well, capitalism. I was going to say capitalism. Capitalism is the way to end muted. poverty. Yeah. Is that what they're about? No. Let's find <laughs> out. What makes you think you can end? we can end extreme poverty? They have sustainable development goals. Let's skip over. Everyone from citizens, governments, corporations, and philanthropists have a role because none of aid, trade, or charity can do this alone. It'll be a hard path, but like the civil rights and anti-apartheid movements, we can succeed. We're more powerful together. Uh, this is all about quality education and government intervention. There's no capitalism here at all. Uh, how my actions have an impact. Uh, they basically are talking about um, where I, f I don't know where it went. I was looking, I, f I saw another one somewhere. I, I can't find it, but it was basically all about sustainability and climate change and blah, blah, blah. It's just leftist crap. It's just leftist propaganda, but they were all pointing you to this website, uh, act.me, which redirects to global citizen. And they want you to take a pledge. Staying home keeps you and many others, including critical healthcare workers, safe and alive. Take our pledge and tell us who is inspiring you to stay home. So they want you to pledge. And then they've got all these actions. You can say, take action. 
I've done zero of these actions. You can see zero of 24 actions taken, zero of nine <laughs> actions taken, right? But you can take actions. And so these actions are things like um, take the quiz and make sure you get the right answers. Um, more, take a quiz, debunk some myths, uh, tweet about it. You get points for tweeting about it. Um, refugees are being forgotten. Tweet about refugees. That's an action you can take. Tweet about, look, a lot of this is tweet about, tweet about, tweet about, tweet about. Um, when will a vaccine oh, be Oh, there we go. There we go. I was looking for when the, when the, uh, women stuff comes in. Gender-based. Yep. Gender-based. Send an email. So all of this stuff is political propaganda. Uh, not surprising from an organization called Global Citizen. This is all pro one world government slash UN global citizen leftist nonsense, anti-capitalism, and particularly anti-US. This is all anti-US propaganda. And the reason I'm saying anti-US is, again, we've said this a lot lately, but it's worth saying again, the United States is the only country on the face of the planet that actually tries in some way to codify individual rights, like actual individual rights, the right to self-ownership, um, in a constitution. It's the only one that has the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, right to bear arms. No one has those things. No one. Only the U.S. The U.S. is a unique country. One of the ways to tear the U.S. down um, is to usurp it through a global government. Um, we all, I mean, the UN already hates that the US has the Second Amendment. They would already love to send UN troops in to uh, collect weapons in the US. The US needs to not be part of the world right now. We need to stand alone for our principles, not compromise them and join some kumbaya leftist authoritarian world government thing. But that's what Lady Gaga wants. That's what all these people want. Anyway, this, I didn't rant this much when I was using this as a teaching moment, but it was important to kind of point out some of these things. Let your kids or, you know, if someone's watching this kind of stuff, just point out some things. What is the WHO? What's their background? What is this global citizen thing? What is their background? What's the message being taught? Are these people allowed to speak? What are the things that they're saying? What are they implying when they say we need to strengthen our healthcare system? Um, all that kind of stuff. And by the way, one last thing I want to say about Don Cheadle, who I just can't stand. Um... <laughs> One of the things he said was, this virus, and I've heard this from more than Don Cheadle now, it doesn't discriminate, this is his words, it doesn't discriminate based on age, race, class, sexual orientation, or gender identity. I want two comments. One, false. It does discriminate based on age. Very much so, actually. It's extremely discriminatory based on age. Your chances of dying are orders of magnitude higher if you're older. Uh, so actually... Reality does indeed discriminate against certain things. One of those things is age, and specifically COVID-19 discriminates against age. Also against obesity. Like your, <laughs> yes. your health. Yes. It, discrimin it discriminates based on how healthy you are and if you have any pre-existing conditions. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, the other thing I want to just point out, and this is something I said a long time ago, but I haven't, I haven't talked about it in a while. Um, do you remember... Uh, everyone's familiar with this phrase. The kind of the phrase has sort of morphed over the years, but there's this kind of phrase that's in, been in the been in part of the zeitgeist, uh, which is that we don't discriminate against you know against people based on race, creed, color, religion, or whatever. Like there was that kind of um, 
paragraph of stuff. You, you've heard that a lot, I'm sure. Right. Something that's always, always bothered me about that, and it's only gotten worse, is, and I, I just want, I want people to be aware of this when they hear this kind of stuff. Some of those things in that list are not like the others. And let's tease them out so you can see the difference. Discriminating based on race. Well, someone's race or ethnicity is not something they've chosen. Um, it's not morally relevant. Um, it is, it is not, even, it's not even a choice, right? Um, similarly, discriminating against sex, right? However, religion slash creed. What is religion creed? Well, that's a belief system. Belief systems are chosen. And belief systems have moral weight. Your race doesn't have any moral weight behind it. What color you are is not a morally relevant question. What you believe, that's a pretty morally relevant question, actually. It's very morally relevant. Uh, if you believe that the world should be united under Allah and death to infidels, that, that, that has moral relevance. That belief is very different from uh, we should all have individual rights and be free to uh, voluntarily interact with each other without coercive force from the state. Those are very different beliefs. Um, and the idea, what they want you to do is they suck you in on this non-discrimination thing by adding stuff that you can agree with, like race and sex. And you're like, well, yes, it's wrong to discriminate again, you know, based on those things. That's wrong. And you can nod your head and say, yeah, that would be a bigoted thing to do. But then they throw in stuff that actually is a choice that is morally relevant. And I count religion and philosophy slash creed as one of those things. Those are morally relevant choices um, that matter a lot. There's nothing wrong with discriminating against belief systems. Um, and discriminating, I don't think there's anything wrong with discriminating, of, of, uh, discriminating when choosing to associate with someone based on a belief system. Um, belief systems are impactful. They are meaningful morally. Uh, but we've conflated all of those things. We've thrown them all into one big bucket. And I will not discriminate now includes I won't discriminate against these things and these other things. And uh, it's just he was just perpetuating that. And I wanted to point that out because it was something I had forgotten. And John Cheadle reminded me of it. What do you what would you say to someone who says, um, well, those who who do believe in authoritarianism and controlling people and totalitarianism, one of the ways they do that is they discriminate based on beliefs. They censor people based on ideology. Of course they do. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I know they do. Of course they do. They, they also will discriminate against... I mean, they're also racist. We've talked about that. Um, they're also racist, right? But Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the micromanaging Karens of the world are just like a very lukewarm version of, of Napoleons. They're just like, they're powerless Hitlers, right? They're <laughs> just like, they're little tyrants without a lot of power. That's all Karen is. A Karen is like, a Karen is a Stalin without power, without an army. That's what a Karen is, right? She wants to be in charge. She wants you to obey. She wants you to follow the rules. And she's willing to use force, but she doesn't have any access to force. So she's going to make snitchy little phone calls. Um, Would you say, though, that it's just like we were talking about earlier with private companies, you know, one one can support the right, the right of private companies to censor, but but also believe it's wrong when they do so. Would it be the same thing? Like, I support the right of an SJW <laughs> to um, completely 
like whittle down their echo chamber to just people who agree with them and to censor people based on ideology. But I also think it's wrong when they do that. Yeah. I mean, speaking for me, I support people's right to discriminate even for bad reasons. Now, I wouldn't patronize, like if there was a store that was like, we don't hire black people, I would be like, well, then I'm, they don't get my business, right? Because I'm morally opposed to that kind of discrimination. Um, but I would support people's right to, to, to do that um, if businesses want to discriminate against things that are uh, morally reprehensible to discriminate against. You're allowed to be a jerk, um, and I support your legal right to be a jerk, um, but I might not voluntarily associate with you. Uh, if you're a jerk. And that's the social pressure that's necessary for um, creating a society of people who aren't going to discriminate um, for things that ought not be discriminated against. But with respect to things like religion, like I wouldn't even discriminate. Like I'm an atheist. I wouldn't discriminate against people hiring, and I never have, uh, based on religion. But even if I could, I, you know, the worst that I would do is if, if if someone was like a really crazy, like out there religion that was massively affecting the work, workplace and I thought it was a bad cultural fit, yeah, absolutely, I would discriminate and be like, you know what, this craziness just isn't going to work in our workplace. Now, I wouldn't be allowed to do that under under uh, U.S. law, so I, I wouldn't, but that's the only area where I would kind of want to break that a little bit if I could. Um, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with with freedom of association free like if you want to have a group that's all social justice warriors like have at it um you know i there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that so but you but but you may or you may think that it's morally wrong or they're doing the wrong thing but they should be allowed to of course that's what i think right it's, it's morally like, wrong yeah but it's here's the thing lots of things are morally wrong <laughs> Yeah. There's lots of things that are morally <laughs> wrong. Lots of things that I disagree with. Some things that I could be wrong about. Like I've chosen to do my like live my life in a certain way. For example, I'm not a vegetarian. There are people who believe that vegetarianism is a moral choice. I'm not one of them. Um, but there are people who strongly believe that. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not going to force them to eat meat. I could be wrong. Or if I were a vegetarian, I wouldn't force them to not eat meat. I could be wrong about that. And they have a right to do what they want. They have a right to be wrong, right? If meat is murder, they have a right to, quote, murder. It's not. I mean, you know, uh, would have to get into where rights come from and blah, blah, blah to get going down that path. So, but me holding a gun to someone's head is definitely wrong. Like me, me saying, this is what I think is moral. I will, you, you know, you must obey. Here's a gun. That's definitely immoral. That's definitely immoral. So we can disagree and, about... And should also be illegal. Yeah. Well, the, it, that, that, but that's my point. That's what the law is. The law is you holding a gun to someone's head. That's what it is. So yeah. if I say it's, uh, it, it should be illegal for you to discriminate against short people, right? What I'm saying is the government should be able to hold a gun to your head and force you to not discriminate against short people in your hiring. Now, I think it's wrong to discriminate against short people, unless you're a basketball team. Uh, but like, I think it's wrong to discriminate against our people. However, it's wrong to have someone hold a gun to your head and force you to not do that too. So we need to let people be wrong. That's part yeah. of freedom is letting people be wrong and, you know, dialing back your inner Karen and letting people be wrong. Let them be wrong. It's okay. Take a deep breath. People disagree with you. They do things you don't like. <gasps> Breathe. It's okay. Let them be. 
<laughs> go back into your home and put your mask on and take a breath. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Go, just just take so, a breath. You just relax. The world's not going to end. It's okay. There's people that disagree with you. People that disagree with me. It's okay. Let them disagree. Speaking of uh, quarantine Karens and uh, de Blasio, who you mentioned before, um, I sent you some, a, a couple of tweets to put up. Could you show his most recent tweet? And then I want to show the older one after that. Yep. So I'll pull it up while you're talking. He's now doing, um, we saw a, a week or two ago, two weeks ago, the LA mayor, which we should play this at some point. Cause it is unbelievable. The LA mayor on stage at a press conference saying, um, that you should report your neighbors. If you see them violating stay at home or not social distancing. And he says, and he actually says this, he thinks this is a good idea to say, he says, you may have heard that snitches get stitches. Well, I'm here to tell you snitches get rewards. Right. The mayor of LA says that. So now de Blasio. Yeah. Yeah. This is his most, my friend Ellen sent me this. Thank you, Ellen. So this is his original one, right? Uh, no, I want to show the recent one first. Oh, okay. Sorry. Not that one. Here's the recent yeah, one. This is the recent one. So my friend... Um, Hold on. I'll full screen it for you. Uh, my friend Ellen sent me this. Can you read it? Yep. Uh, it's a tweet from Mayor Bill de Blasio, and it says, How do you report places that aren't enforcing social distancing? It's simple. Just snap a photo and text it to... I'm not going to give you the number. Hashtag, ask my mayor. <laughs> wow. So he's... He's like, yeah, be, become snitches, report on your neighbor, you know, be a little statsy for us. This is, the, the, this, this, is, this is reprehensible. It's like the LA mayor. It's reprehensible. And you know what? The other tweet I wanted you to show, I'm old enough. I don't know about you guys, but I'm old enough to remember this tweet from a month ago. <laughs> I don't know, Carrie. I don't know, Carrie. It's so long ago. Totally different yeah. era. <laughs> from, from March. This is a tweet from March a month ago. Read that one. The same person, uh, different Twitter account, but the same person. Since I'm encouraging New Yorkers to go on with your lives, plus get out on the town despite coronavirus, I thought I would offer some suggestions. Here's the first. Through Thursday 3-5, go see The Traitor Film, Inc. If The Wire was a true story plus set in Italy, it would be this film. <laughs> so he's encouraging. Didn't he also say to go to... Uh, Go to uh, Chinese New Year celebrations in New York as well, wasn't I that? I think he, I think he did. He I think he also said that in interviews. And Pelosi yeah. said it. Pelosi said, "Go out to your Chinatown parade." The, he did multiple interviews. You can watch him on camera. Multiple interviews as recently as a month ago in March, early March. Yep. Talking about this is just like the flu. You don't you should go out. Make sure you go out. The president is racist for being worried about this. The president is racist for banning travel from China. You should go out and celebrate. Go to a movie. Here's a movie. So he was, this again goes back to the what we've been talking about this whole time, voluntary versus government force. They didn't let us try voluntary social distancing. I am so tired of the people who are trying to argue that government force was the only way and is the only way. No, we didn't try anything else. That's why Sweden is so interesting because they are not doing government lockdown and we're seeing that it might be working. It might be they're ripping the bandaid off. We're going to see how that results, but that's yeah, but why to that's be clear, to me. To be clear, they are voluntarily doing it. So instead of restaurant profits going to zero, they've gone to like 20% or 30%, which is better than zero. Like people are voluntarily right. managing their communities the way that they feel they need to. 
Exactly. And they didn't let us try that. They didn't let us try that. And they and and you know what? The whole country is not New York City. And and part of the reason New York might be hardest hit, aside from uh, the way that people live there is right on top of each other, aside from the fact that they have a subway system, it, aside from the fact that it's an international hub, the airport, and there's people coming in from all over. Another reason might be that Mayor de Blasio was telling people to go out and go to movies and to not socially distance. So the same people who were against voluntary social distancing and then jumped straight to government force. Yep. It, it's mind boggling to me. Well, um, this, it all gets back to, I, this is why this time is so fascinating to me. I honestly, the, the coronavirus stuff is really fascinating to me because, um, this inner Karen thing is not, it's not a new thing. This is not, it's not like new. People aren't changing the way they've been thinking. We're seeing what culture is like right now. And uh, it's I revealing. think this is related. Yeah, this is related to every, almost all these other problems that we talk about. It's the same mentality of like, uh, we are, it's, it's the, it's the, we are animals we're, ta- we're on a tax farm and we're animals and the farmer is the boss and the farmer should be the boss and we should obey the farmer. Um, and some people don't, it's not like they're less overt about it, right? They're more, they're quieter about it until there's an opportunity to like be a snitch or someone gives them a real good reason, quote reason. Um, and suddenly, uh, suddenly like all these little authoritarians are coming out of the woodwork and I, it's really indicative of the deep, deep underlying cultural problem that's in the U.S. Um, and frankly, as much as we can criticize the people who are, you know, talking about all of their other crap at these rallies <laughs> instead of actually you know, fighting against the shutdowns, at least, at least there's something heartening about that, which is there are people whose visceral reaction to this is no. Um, and that's a healthy visceral reaction, I think. Um, so, uh, it seems like society is actually fracturing more. What do you think, Carrie? Yeah, but I, I almost think, again, we, um, there are sometimes, um, the, this, I've heard it referred to like, uh, when a family member got cancer, I heard the doctor call it, you're going to experience some perverse positives of cancer, right? There's, there's some perverse positives of this awful catastrophe we we find ourselves in and one of those is that it's revealed people's nature and like you said i don't think it's not so much that people are changing maybe maybe they are but it's revealing what was there and it's like uh and now it's that this crisis has been like water on a garden that was already there inside of them and now it's coming forth it's growing you're getting to see who they are and what they support and so some people this crisis has has grown freedom, a love for freedom inside of them. I've seen people who are now suddenly starting to understand certain things that maybe they didn't understand before, and are embracing freedom and liberty. And then it's done the opposite in other people. It's it's grown this statism, this desire for government control, this fear, this toxicity, this hatred, the resentfulness of of calling and reporting people. Um, and so, and, and so it's one perverse positive of this, I think, is that it's revealed truth and that's a good thing. Um, I like knowing 
who's on my quote side and who's not. And I don't mean right or left. That means nothing to me. Right. I, and I don't mean Christian or non-Christian. What I mean is people who are on the side of freedom and pe- versus people who are on the side of totalitarianism. Yep. And yep. I want to know who those people are in my real life who are, who are fine, who, are, who embrace and welcome and, and beg, beg for government overlords. You know, there's an argument that um, was floating around uh, kind of libertarian-esque circles for decades. Um, and it's, I, I've heard, I've heard Stefan Molyneux call it the against me argument, but it predates his, uh, his discussion of it. Um, this is something that I think causes actually a lot of strife between people when you start thinking this way. And I don't think it's bad to think this way. I just, it can cause uh, a rift <laughs> in relationships. Um, and, and, I, and I think this is what we're seeing on a massive scale right now. There's lots of people who are willing to say about laws it should be a law that blank. It should be a law that you have to wear a mask or you can't go out in public or whatever. Um, and that sounds very abstract and disconnected from reality. But when you talk to someone about it, one a technique, it, it, one of the argumentation techniques is to use this against me argument and say, well, um, what about me? Do you think that if I go out in public, I should be put in jail for not wearing a mask? And often if they're your friend or a loved one or something, they'll be like, well, you know, you should get a ticket or you should, you should be you know, told to do blah, blah, blah. And you say, yeah, but what, what, if, what if I disagree with this and I don't comply? Um, and you force them down this path of understanding that every law that they argue for does involve force and will be used against real people. It's not an abstract thing. A real person will be facing down the barrel of a gun for every law that you propose. And I'm not even arguing against having laws. I'm not doing the anarchy thing right now. What I am saying is like, you need to be honest about that and aware that whatever laws that you're putting forward, you got to understand and you have to admit that you are saying your loved ones should face the uh, the barrel of gun if they disobey that rule. And so if you're arguing that people should be not like a restaurant owner should not be allowed to open his restaurant and sell something or a yarn shop should not be allowed to be open um, and they should get thrown in jail or fined or whatever, you are arguing that men with guns should commit that act against someone that you care about. Um, and so the against me argument is actually powerful on a personal level. And I think what's happening, the reason I'm relating it to what's going on right now is I think what's happening is a lot of people are relating to the people getting snitched on, right? They're seeing the Karens and they're like, oh, you don't just support these things vaguely and generally. You're willing to use these laws against me. You're willing to, against me, you're willing to do these things against me and people that I'm relating to that are out there that seem to be doing nothing wrong. Um, and uh, I, I, think, I think what maybe will happen, what would be nice, actually, what would happen is if, if, that, um, if that awakening happened in which 
people realized they had to that laws had these real consequences and then they had to choose sides and be like yep these are the laws that i want enforced and they should be enforced against you and i'm like i understand that they're violent and that's what i want to do versus people who are like whoa, 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 whoa those like we shouldn't be violently enforcing those things um but for a long time we've been able to evade as a culture that there's violence behind the law does that make sense yeah, well, uh, even on this show, you were the one who introduced the idea to me that, um, you know, the the whole butt of a gun idea, that th- that government, that laws, that you have to always imagine whatever it is you're outlawing, you're basically saying, I believe a, a person with a gun should be able to enforce this thing that I believe, you know? Right. And, and ultimately, some- you believe that, ultimately, you believe that the person should be shot like if, if they resist yeah. it like if they resist it yeah and and people don't take it to that logical conclusion though and there are certain things that i do believe a person with a gun should be able to enforce uh right. pedophilia yeah I mean, there's a number of things murder right and so those are that um, that's why i'm not arguing against like that kind of that's like a more libertarian position where they're like look there are these real things and no one is arguing that like those aren't real serious things murder rape right. like and people are like well yeah that should be enforced at the butt of a gun. I totally get that. And I don't someday I want to have the conversation about that, but we need to be in a free, a pretty free society before it, uh, before I give a crap about those laws. Cause right now, sure. Those are fine. Right. And so, but just for any newbies watching, whatever. Yeah. So I, to continue that thought, there are certain things I believe a person should be able to enforce the butt of a gun and at the end of a gun and the, like murder, child right. abuse, et cetera. Yep. And there are other things I don't believe. And, and people don't give it that thought. It's like, do you believe that somebody should be able to, with a gun, tell me that I can't go to work? Right. Like shoot, shoot me if I go to work. Right. Do you believe that or not? And, and that make no mistake. That's what they're saying. They're saying the government should be able to kill you if you want to go to work right now. Um, I saw a woman in Idaho. There's a lot of these cases now popping up all over the country this this couple in Idaho were just um, uh, she faces a thousand dollar fine plus up to six months in jail for having a yard sale. Her husband's uh, Stacy, thank you, Stacy, if you're in chat, she tagged me in this. Her husband's father died, and they had a yard sale of a lot of his belongings because he was a bit of a hoarder, and he had a a, a storage shed that cost a thousand dollars a month in rent. So they it it was to use their language, it was necessary. It was essential. It was yeah. essential that they get rid of these items. They had a yard sale. People can voluntarily choose to stop or not at that yard sale and voluntarily choose to put to whether or not they're going to interact with them. Just like you can voluntarily choose not to go to the yard sale and you can voluntarily choose not to go outside right now and interact with anybody who may have been at the yard sale. Like they were having a yard sale they have six kids. They can't afford to pay a thousand dollars in rent per month until who knows whenever this indefinite stay at home is o- over. And somebody called the cops on them for their yard sale, and now they face a thousand dollar fine and up to six months in jail. Right. You'd have you'd have to shoot me. I am right. not serving like I am not serving time for something. For like, a yard and you sale. don't get to decide. Yeah, and you don't get to decide what's right. essential to me and my family. Right. But, it, but oh, that, it infuriates me. But there's an entire segment of the population that does believe that they get to decide. They believe that uh, you don't have any intrinsic rights. They believe that rights come from the government and they are granted by uh, 
the generosity of <laughs> your neighbors, that people vote and they vote to let you do things. That's that's how they view you. They 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 believe that the the primary metaphysical entity in the universe is the government and <laughs> the will of the government and the right government is when people vote. That's what they they believe democracy. And so people vote and therefore your rights come at the generosity of your neighbors. That's what they believe, um, which is an abhorrent, abhorrent philosophy. But that's that's what they've been taught in school for decades. So what are you going to do? We should we yeah. should um, thank Ragamuff, Little Ragamuffin. Uh, gave us a couple tips. Thank you, Little Ragamuffin. Daniel Keene says the the death of democracy comes with the idea that the people can vote themselves wealth. Thank you for the tip there, Daniel Keene. Uh, Kim Ray gives us a tip, and Jen gave us a $10 tip. So uh, she was KOing. I don't know, Carrie, maybe you said something awesome, and you knocked it out of the park. I don't know. But uh, oh. thank you, Jen. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> thank you guys for the super chats. Yeah, I, we appreciate I, it. Can, we make, can I make something clear about democracy, too? <laughs> I, God, the level of stupidity sometimes. When I rag on democracy... It doesn't mean that, like, I think authoritarianism is, the, the like, it's not democracy or, like, Stalin. Those aren't the only choices in the universe, guys. Um, <laughs> like, the problems that we have to, with democracy, you can't just say, well, what are you going to do if, without, if not democracy? What could it be? You don't have an answer. Therefore, those problems if democracy don't exist, they still exist. Um, and our founding fathers, just to be clear, had big problems with democracy their solution, which I think is better than all solutions tried in the past, I still think I still think it has problems and we should be exploring better solutions, but their solution was a constitutional republic whereby the rights are recognized, where their, their rights are from natural law, they don't come from the government, they are recognized by the government, the government promises to enforce them, and there is a democratic representational system uh, surrounding the means of enforcing uh, laws, but there's very clear carve-outs for things that can't be voted against. Now, clearly that has failed, but that was their idea. They were just as afraid of democracy as I am. So this idea that, like, if I badmouth democracy, somehow I'm like an idiot who's asking for anarchy or for um, monarchy or something else, like, no, I'm pointing out real problems with democracy that your founding fathers agreed with. And I think yeah. it's about high time we had a serious conversation about stop. We need to stop uh, worshiping democracy. Democracy is tyranny of the majority. It's democracy is no different than a dictator. A di like Al how your life is under says, a dictator is it depends on the personality of the dictator. How your life is under democracy depends on the personality of your neighbors. That's it. You can't have pure democracy. You need something beyond that. And the United States is not pure democracy. It's a democratic republic, but see, a lot of people don't understand that difference. I, I certainly, I didn't grasp it when I was in school. Um, somebody, Alan Conrad, to your point, he says, um, oh, sorry, I just lost it. Uh, where was it? Do you see that quote? Ragging on democracy is defending the 49%. Wait, I don't Did even you? understand that quote. Well, he means, he means you, you said, I don't mean to rag oh, on oh, democracy. Yeah, I'm defending He's, the minority. Yeah. 
you're defending the 49%. That's right. That's the so-called minority. And yeah, if Andrew, to your point, also says democracy is mob rule. Votes for theft don't justify theft. Votes for murder don't justify murder. There are certain things that the mob should not be able to vote on. And one of those is whether or not murder should be illegal. <laughs> right. Well, that, but, that, that, but actually, that's very serious because uh, slavery... <laughs> Yeah, slavery. this is something that really happens. You can yeah. vote the minority to be a slave class. Like you can do that in a democracy. There's nothing preventing slavery in a democracy. You recognize that, right? If you're for democracy, slavery's on the table. That's an option. That's why we're not. That's why we're a democratic republic. And by the way, the, the, when people point out, um, you, you mentioned, you know, the founding fathers were aware of this, and this is why they created a republic. Um, they were trying to have some balance of the two, I think, or some balance there where it's like certain things should be voted on by the public and other things we should we should not allow people. We should not allow the mob to dictate because, look, the mob at one point, public opinion at one point was in support of slavery. We have a country and we have we have founding fathers who had enough foresight to set up founding documents which allowed us allowed us to end slavery and to set an example for the rest of the world, um, which allowed us to give women the, the voting, the vote, you know, and set an example. Um, and so a lot of times I find when you talk about the wisdom of the founding fathers, you'll get, I'm sorry, I'm going to name call, but you'll get idiots. You'll get morons who haven't spent a long time thinking. He'll go, yeah, but the founding fathers also, we had slavery back then. And so it's like, yeah. And, and what did they do to help us get rid of slavery? Like you haven't really spent any time looking at history, have you? You haven't really looked at the the, doc, the founding documents, have you? Right. So, and, I, and I, I, it's such a childlike basic understanding to say, uh, to, to look at the past through the lens of the present and say, this is what the majority of people accepted back then. Therefore, I'm going to throw out all the opinions of the founding fathers, the very opinions of which helped us to get rid of those things that everyone agreed with back right, then. Those, 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 the founding fathers' arguments are what abolitionists appealed to in order to yeah. get rid of slavery. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. Elva Caro and Andrew Thompson in chat are <laughs> echoing. It. They're, they're saying something that, like, I, I just want to. I want to give a shout out to you because this is how I think of this stuff as an as an anarcho-capitalist, ultimately. Um, they're saying, basically, let's get rid of most of the government. And then when we're down to either 1% or 10%, depending on who, whose chat I'm reading right now, when we're down to the small amount, then we can argue about what's left. Um, frankly, I would be less, you know. <sighs> is that what ANCAP is? Is that what you are? Uh, I'm ANCAP, but ANCAP is like, after you get rid of the that last little bit <laughs> with ANCAP. But culture, our culture is what matters. A culture of Karens will be a culture of Karens no matter what. Like, you could be an anarchy, you'll still have a culture. If you have a culture of Karens, they'll, like, get people to harass you, and, like, that, that will be the way it is. Like, what your, your quality of life is, is largely dependent not on what's written in laws, but, like, how, what people around you believe. Right. And we, you know, I talked about this the other day on, I was on Mark Hughes's, Mark Hughes did an interview with me and uh, the, the idea that like, the idea that the laws control who we are is, is, or what our, our culture is like is false. We have a system of laws in the U.S. in which 
you're i think you're breaking the average person breaks between like three and six like laws a day like felonies commits like three and six felonies a day something ridiculous like that i, I remember reading um maybe not now that we're sheltering in place uh but you know what what we have is a system of laws where you're guilty all the time of something and then they get selectively enforced and they get selectively enforced based on what the cultural norms are so um that's kind of where we are right now. It's not good. I'm not arguing that that's good, but that's kind of where we are right now. If they don't like something you're doing, they can find some law that you're violating and go after you. And so like the culture is what matters. That That's what matters more than what the laws are because there's laws for everything right now. You're, you're, you're always breaking the law for some reason. Um, and that's set up intentionally. It's so that they can, because that's the ultimate kind of power to have. If you're a statist, you want to be able to arrest anyone at any moment. Um, and... The way you accomplish that is by having, you know, volumes and volumes of incomprehensible laws, making sure everyone's breaking them all the time, and then you just, you know, you only arrest the people that you want to once in a while. Uh, Which is Maria, when you get to see corruption taking place and and things that people do rightfully, if, if you believe that there's racial disparity in arrests or in uh, the use of force. I mean, that's because you have enough laws that people can. Um, whatever biases they have can then exercise those biases through, you know, how they choose to, uh, who they choose to apply that law to. Right. Right. Um, uh, Loris boys sad about my ANCAP position. That's right. I we, saw can that. have an, we can have an ANCAP talk another day, Loris boy, but uh, I'm not advocating for anarcho-capitalism right now because I, as we've said a million times in this show, uh, Culture is downstream from philosophy, and politics is downstream from culture. So, the system of government is a political argument, and until philosophy and culture are fixed, uh, you know, it's kind of irrelevant, uh, largely, what our system of government is. Um, Maria was asking if states can decide whether or not to follow the Constitution. For example, can governors choose to create laws that go against the First Amendment? Um, I think we're going to have a constitutional lawyer on soon who may help be able to help answer that question um, from a legal perspective. Obviously, we have seen cases where people sue or, or challenge laws as being unconstitutional and win. Um, so that that seems to be, I, you have to have a good judge, but that seems to be the way things go. But I think when the U.S. was set up, it's really it really is an agreement. I think the founding fathers didn't know I, they were pretty humble about what system of government was going to work the best. And so they viewed it as like, well, each state will kind of do their thing. The Constitution is just kind of an agreement between the states about how they'll manage each other. I'm not even sure that the founding fathers believed. I'm not, you know, again, not a constitutional lawyer or historian, but I'm not certain that the founding fathers believed that even the Bill of Rights couldn't be like a state couldn't have their own thing that went against the bill of rights i'm not totally sure but i'm not sure they all even agreed on that um because the constitution is really about what congress can and can't do um and so obviously it doesn't make it right if a state does it either but uh but we've turned in from this like we were just this group of states with an agreement between each other but now you know that's kind of how we were but now we're very much centralized right congress has used the interstate commerce clause to basically seize power everywhere. So now we're much more centrally managed than we ever used to be. Um, so uh, philosophically, I think the founding fathers were wanted those bill that bill of rights to apply to everyone like philosophically, like absolutely. And they argued that they were natural rights, that they didn't stem from the government, that Congress needed to um, 
respect them, but I imagine they expected states to respect them as well. Um, so who knows? Uh, Carrie, anything else? Uh, no, I saw Nicole of the Mountain People just joined. No, Nicole, I didn't talk about the 16-year-old Wisconsin girl in her Instagram post. Uh, somebody in chat refreshed my memory. I'm not, I, I've been tagged in so many things recently. I'm sorry if I haven't kept up with certain news items. Um, but we did talk about the woman and the couple in Ohio or Idaho who were, um, facing a thousand dollar fine or six months in jail for having a yard sale. So anyway. by, by the way, this, I guess this is happening real time while we're, while we're doing this, but I gotta, I gotta put this up for El Vaquero's sake and for all of our sakes. Uh, I know not a lot of you are going to follow this or care, but it's important. So I'm going to bring it up. These, these are our oil futures. Oil futures went negative today. I think while we were on the show, uh, maybe not while we we're on the show, but they went negative today, uh, which is absolutely insane. Uh, is this, can I ask a naive question? Uh, is this, is this because of the price war that's happening with, um, Saudi Arabia and Russia? of lowering I, the prices. I, I don't, well, so I don't know. My guess would be it shouldn't be because I, last I read, the OPEC just agreed to uh, curtail output because they were, they had flooded the market earlier um, to try and take advantage of the coronavirus thing. And then they, they were going to pull back and try and um, help the price of oil recover. I'm not sure what this latest thing is that just happened. I'm just seeing this chart. Uh, but uh, that's, I mean, that could be pretty bad. Uh, we could have a pretty bad banking system collapse. And of course, if anyone's been paying attention to how central bankers deal with every problem they have, they just print money as a result. So uh, not good, not good. Elvacaro in chat says, it's because of the price war plus significantly reduced demand and financial buggery. I, financial buggery is my favorite term there. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, yeah, I imagine there's significantly reduced demand, but I thought it couldn't be. I mean, I thought the price war, I thought they agreed to dial that back. I don't know. Maybe they didn't. Uh, so I'll, I'll have to go read after. Anyway, now it's a great time um, to buy gas. It's a great time to buy gas. Just it's not a great time to buy oil futures. <laughs> um, so what? I have to go to the bathroom. So we have to wrap up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> TMI, Carrie. But, we didn't need yeah. that. Well, uh, I wanted to say before we go, I wanted to, um, oh, somebody, Daniel, thank you, Daniel. He says, where can I buy the grenade mug? Oh, and eyeing the gorgeous carry. Well, thank you. Um, we have a, we have the grenade mugs are coming soon now. Carter, actually, they're on their way to Carter, and then he's going to start mailing them out. If you guys want to get one, you can go to our uh, Subscribestar and look, go to subscribestar.com and look for Unsafe Space, our account. And then you can, I think you have to pledge at the $25 level and you'll get a mug. Yeah, and, 25 or um, above. You can't buy 25, them outright. You got to be a Subscribestar contributor. You got to go through there. Um, but of course, and I'm not saying this so that you just cancel your subscription right away. But of course, we don't have a... You could. A, you, you could. could. Totally we don't do have that. a requirement. And we're not we going to hold it against you. But. Right, we don't have a required on, on how many months you contribute, so you could just do it once and get your mug. Um, but we, but we would like if you contribute longer. And, anyway, I was going to end on a positive note. Um, another positive note. The other thing I did this weekend, and I've been doing more anyway, is going going for hikes and stuff again. 
And uh, I got to go to this beautiful, it's a hike I've done before. I've just never made it to the end, to the waterfall. I got to go to this beautiful waterfall and take Tiger with me. He is pooped. Let me just tell you, this dog, <laughs> for a little dog, he can go many miles. And he can go on like a two-hour hike. So um, I just say, like, for people who, if, you, if you're staying inside and you're practicing social distancing, and, um, but, you, but you're missing the great outdoors, and let's say you live in a place that's not covered in snow right now and you can get outside, like, I would go. There aren't, in my experience so far, there are not a lot of people out at the parks yet. So, um, you know, you can even take a mask if, if, you, if you want to. But um, get outside in the sunshine. It's, it's really, I'm concerned about people who have depression and anxiety and other disorders that, that, you know, being inside all the time sometimes exacerbates those things because it's, it's almost, you know, especially for, I was reading something about anxiety disorders and how part of overcoming anxiety disorders. And I know this to be true from a friend who had agoraphobia is like facing your fears and getting outside. And so, um, take advantage of the, the low numbers of people at the parks and go have some fun in the sunshine. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great advice. Even in California, I think they've opened uh, parks today. Yeah. Um, no, no, not te- California. Texas. Texas opened parks today, uh, I was reading. So you're allowed now to do what you've been doing the whole time. Yeah. Oh, and hey, Dr. K says her dogs will go one mile and then lay down. I've been with dogs like that before. Tiger, fortunately, is not like that. But get one of those. you got a little dog. I got that book bag. It's a book bag, and it's for dogs. You put the dog in there. It's got a little hole for his head, and then once they decide they're not walking anymore, you just throw them in the bag. <laughs> yep. yep. Anyway. Oh, oh, wait. There's what? There's. I know you have to go to the bathroom, but there's one more thing I got to show people. Oh, and make uh, sure you plug book club. I'll plug book club. You go to the bathroom. I'll show people okay. stuff. Bye, guys. Thank you. All right. Um, one more thing that I, because uh, <laughs> little ragamuffin reminded me of this, but I, uh, Maria Tuskins actually the one that showed me this. Um. I guess I had seen it before, but she reminded me of it this morning. Uh, <laughs> Jordan Peterson's got his 12 rules for life. And as Maria pointed out uh, <clears throat> to me, number 11 uh, is do not bother children when they are skateboarding. Let's see what Venice Beach, California is doing to children while they're skateboarding. Here we go. Uh, I don't have sound on this because there's not a reason for sound. It's just a sound of a truck. There you go. They are (laughs) filling the skate park with sand because, Karen, that's what's going on in Venice Beach, California. So they're breaking, as as Maria pointed out to me, they are breaking Jordan Peterson's rule number 11. Do not bother children while they're skateboarding. So pretty horrible. Um, Yeah, what (laughs) Elizabeth says, what jackasses. Yeah, what what jackasses is the best way to put it uh because government yeah fair andrew thompson because government um but hey karen's make government happen so there you go um all right well goodbye everyone thank you for watching uh oh if you missed it on friday i randomly did another video about the stanford study about coronavirus so if you care about the stanford study that's going around maria says it's a little harsh my video but she's probably right but you can watch it anyway um so yeah, go check that out if you haven't seen it. Also, I still want to push. Uh, I still want to push our interview with Maggie Oliver because I don't think enough people have seen it. It's a really important interview we did a couple weekends ago. So please go check out the interview with Maggie Oliver and uh, have a good day. We will see you later in the week. Thank you for watching. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And as Carrie said, 
You can go to subscribestar.com, apostate level or above, I think it's apostate level, uh, $25 or above, you get the mugs. The mug that's behind me somewhere. Oh, it's not. It's in the dishwasher. Never mind. But you saw the lug mugs last time. They're grenade mugs. They're cool. Thanks for watching. Bye, guys.